Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. I'm Alan Weiss, and this episode is about presentism. Presentism is something involving applying contemporary beliefs and values to historical circumstances. I was talking to Dan Gilbert about this at my Thought Leadership Conference, and he said it's quite common, and you get a lot of controversy about it, but let me give you some examples. Columbus, of course, today is an oppressor, and I am recording this on Columbus Day, by the way, or as Brown University would have us believe, Indigenous Peoples Day. Brown University, of course, is named after the most heinous slave-trading family in the history of the Republic. But when you get a large monetary request to start the university, I guess you overlook certain things. So Brown would call this Indigenous Peoples Day rather than Columbus Day, because Columbus was an oppressor. Of course, he risked his life to find out what might exist on a round globe. And he collected a crew willing to go with him and follow him. He collected money from the aristocrats to enable the trip. And lo and behold, he didn't find India, but he did find something called North America. And he acted in consistency with the mores and times of his day. Do we agree with that today? Of course not. But should we be tearing down his statue and eliminating his day? I don't think so. Neither do a great many people of Italian descent or Spanish descent. Jefferson, of course, was a racist. He had slaves. He apparently had children with one of his slaves, at least. He did so while writing the greatest document in the history of government in the world. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Yet, we have to apply contemporary standards so Jefferson was no good. Christmas trees are no longer Christmas trees. Columbus Day is no longer Columbus Day. Even Lincoln has come under attack. The person who emancipated the slaves and is probably one of a half dozen great figures in all of history. People are wondering whether He really was a racist at heart. He had no intention of freeing the slaves. George Washington had slaves, by the way. People had slaves in those days. It was heinous. But that's what happened. More contemporary times bring out, one would hope, loftier and better thinking. A woman in Mensa, no less, (laughs) condemned the Catholic Church as a profoundly male-dominated organization. Yet she doesn't belong to it. She's not Catholic. And it's a theologic principle. It's not something that is affecting her. But she feels she can apply her mores to the historical theology of the Catholic Church. Hugh Hefner passed away about a week ago. And a lot of the commentary about him is despicable. I mean, he was despised by these people who are talking now, at least. Yet for those of you who remember the 50s, and most people don't because they were born after that and schools no longer teach liberal arts, and so you don't learn about history or geography or civics or things like that. But if you think back to the 50s when Hefner started Playboy, he brought sex out of the closet and subjects that were taboo, that you couldn't speak about, birth control, sexual relationships. He started discussing. And he had in his magazine... You know the old rubric, oh, I just buy it to read the articles. Well, that's because he had John Updike and Philip Roth and Gene Shepard and people like that writing articles, world-class, fabulous writers in his magazine. 
And no one ever put a gun to anyone's head to be a model in Playboy, to be a bunny in one of his clubs. Gloria Steinem notwithstanding, she did it voluntarily. And what do we have today? We have Harvey Weinstein having taken advantage of women for 10 or 15 years. And because he's a powerful Hollywood guy, nobody came forward to talk about it. No one came forward to talk about Cosby. Some of the Hollywood elite are defending Roman Polanski, saying that the pedophilia that he committed, and he did commit pedophilia, he took a a teenage girl, a young teenage girl to bed, should be excused after all this time. Yet other women have come forward and protested about him since he approached them when they were underage. It seems his presentism is very selective. Maybe we should heed another historic figure who's also come into a lot of grief from the presentists, and that's Jesus. Another controversial figure, right? But he talked about this first stone stuff. And maybe before we comment from these lofty perches that we find ourselves on today, we should think about that. What will the future presentists, 50 years from now, say, looking back 50 years, think about this insanity of political correctness today, which is really repression of speech? So why is this happening? Well, let me give you four reasons that I've come up with. Number one is, this crazed insistence on political correctness has created a retroactive movement to cleanse. There's a guilt about not only acting the right way today, politically correct, but condemning every single person and every single action that doesn't conform over the last two millennia. That's called insanity. But it seems like that's what people are trying to do. The second is, like reptiles, we tend to devour our young and devour each other. From political candidates to business executives, from athletes to historical heroes, we're trying to pull everyone off the pedestal. We're trying to pull everyone to the ground. No one deserves special treatment. Gandhi, Mother Teresa, doesn't matter. No one's exceptional anymore. Number three, because we've lost liberal arts, history is largely untaught and moreover distorted. In Africa, slave trading could never have taken place without the active participation of tribal leaders. The white men who went there on their ships could not go inland. They could not carry heavy weapons inland, and the African tribes were very well armed. They could not stand the dangers of the jungles in Africa, the disease, the threats from predators, and of course the threats from the tribes, who were very mighty warriors. And so they stayed on the coast and negotiated. And they collected slaves because black leaders in Africa, tribal leaders, who had slaves themselves. It was a common practice in Africa to put into slavery peoples you defeated. Sold these people to the traders. History's been distorted because we only think of American Indians as the indigenous peoples here, and there were no indigenous peoples here because the original people in North America came over the Bering Land Bridge from Asia. But we tend to think of American Indians as this noble race, the noble savage. But they too practice slavery, and they practice torture and brutality. Every one of them, no. Every tribe, no, but some did. History's been distorted because we have to understand that high-tech has traditionally and always driven out low-tech. It's the way things have worked. 
I'm not defending anything, but that's what's happened. And it's happening still today. That's why the United States economy is the strongest in the world. High tech drives out low tech. And it's been distorted because we have no perspective anymore. Even in the United States, women didn't always vote. College wasn't for everyone. It was only for the elite. There were no safety nets prior to the Depression and during it. People got along through extended families. They got along in different ways. Studies have shown that people who are married in a legal partnership of one kind or another are happier. Studies have found that when people are parts of active communities, including religious communities, they are happier. Just read Dan Gilbert's work. And finally, number four, things are like this because people who themselves feel inferior feel better about themselves when they're disparaging greatness. No different from the trolls on the internet. At my Thought Leadership Conference recently, I told people one sign that you've made it is that people will take shots at you. People of lesser talent, lesser intelligence, lesser ability will take shots of you because they feel so bad about themselves that they have to try to knock you down. And the higher you go, the more shots there are, but that's okay. It's a sign that you're successful. And so you have to ignore this. Yet it continues with this presentism. Let's drag down everything we can. I think you all know, but I'll say it formally. I don't defend racism. I don't defend sexism. I don't defend any disparaging ism. And yet we have some isms with us today that are largely still representative of bias. There's a bias against people who are religious. There's a bias against age. There's a bias against obesity. We do very little about it. There are no parades, no protests, no court challenges, or very few. But I don't defend any of the hideous isms. But you have to understand the tenor of the times. A hundred years from now, it'll be interesting to see what they say about these times. But I would suggest to you, to suggest to these people who are applying their loftier, higher visions to those in the past, that they should put their stones down and pick up a damn history book. And that's the uncomfortable truth.